Well, good morning. morning. It's good to be back. It's good to see you all again. Um, Probably don't remember me that much, but I was here once before, like Brother said. uh, But a lot's changed since then. Uh, I'm sure you all heard my daughter. (laughs) She decided to start singing this morning. So... Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's funny how something like that, she's so small, but that changes everything in your life. Last time I was here, I wasn't a father, and and now I am. And I'm sure those of you that are fathers in here can say that as soon as that child's born, everything changes. Your priorities, uh, how you spend your time, uh, studying changes, because you go from having a quiet home to not having a quiet home anymore. Uh, I probably won't get a quiet home until you know, they're moved out, <laughs> or maybe never again. <laughs> um, I guess that's a pipe dream of having quiet, but, <laughs> but I love her so much. It literally changes how you perceive the world. But one of the things that changed, maybe not such a great thing that changed, I used to be fearless. Uh, a lot of young men are fearless, and then you have a child, and that doesn't happen anymore. Now you start getting scared of things. Uh, It seems like now, every time I look at something, I'm getting a little bit fearful of things. Not for myself, but for my daughter, you know, the growing up in this world. When you look at the state of the world today, uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of scary. You know, when I think about what the future may bring for Christians, or for my family, or for even me, it scares me. It really does. You see all this stuff happening right now. All the coronavirus stuff, I mean, you look around and you drive down the street and you see all these billboards trying to get you to buy this or buy that or spend money on gambling or suing people. How many of you see the signs on the freeway, sue, sue your employer, you know, they want you to, it's, this is all sinful things that we're attacking our fellow man or spending money on frivolous things but everywhere you look today sin is coming at you you don't have to seek out sin anymore you turn on the tv and you hear politicians advocating for some evil things it sin now seems like it's getting beamed straight into your living rooms straight into your computers or your phones i mean how many of us are on facebook That by itself is a vessel for vanity. If we overuse these things, they can become sinful. But it seems like everywhere we look, the world is trying to pull us into sin. It's not like we have to go seek out ways to do things wrong. So when I think about all these things, it's scary to me. But then I think about Scripture. And I can't recall God ever telling us in this book that we should be scared of the world. In fact, it's the opposite. We're supposed to have courage when we're dealing with the world. If you would turn with me today to Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I'm going to pray really quick, and then we'll get into reading it. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity to come and preach. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to say and um, that you would open all of our hearts and our minds to what you have to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
So Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 6 through 9. And just a little bit of backstory on this. Joshua is now taking over command of the Israelites after Moses. And so this is a conversation that God is having with Joshua. God's talking to Joshua here and giving him a sort of pep talk for what he's about to do. So let's go ahead and read, starting at verse 6. It says, Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which, my, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. So notice here that God tells Joshua three times, be strong and of a good courage. He's repeating this over and over to Joshua. And after each time he says it, he follows it with some instructions. First, he tells him why he needs to have courage. Next, he tells him the things that he needs to do in order to have this courage. Last, he tells him what the source of his courage will be. See, God doesn't just leave Joshua hanging here when he's sending him into the promised land to go and take it. He tells him exactly what he needs to do. In this first statement, in verse 6, God gives Joshua encouragement. He gives him a mission, and he gives him a warning. Let's read verse 6 again, and then we'll break it down. Verse 6 says, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So, what's interesting about this verse is God is actually saying a lot in just this one verse. First, the statement, be strong and of a good courage. In case you didn't notice, that is the theme of this message here. Be strong and of a good courage. I'm going to say that repeatedly over again because we should allow that to sink into our minds and stick with us throughout our lives. This is not the first time that Joshua heard this phrase. You see, God was using a phrase that Moses had already said to Joshua prior. God wanted this phrase to sink into Joshua's mind. Moses first says this to the Israelites and then to Joshua when he is about to die and give command over to Joshua. So this is a time of change and uncertainty for both Israel and Joshua. So they need to be strong and courageous because change is something that is scary to everyone. 
When you're going through these times, you have to be strong. You have to have that fortitude. And then you have to be courageous in moving forward. God is using this same phrase to give Joshua encouragement here. In other words, like I said before, Joshua is giving, sorry, God is giving Joshua a pep talk. When I was a wrestler in high school, I can remember the times where before a match where my coach would give a pep talk. He was all about boosting us up before a match. Now in practice, he was all about breaking us down so that he could then build us up. But before that match, he wanted us to go in knowing that we were going to be successful. Whether or not we ended up being successful, he wanted us to go in with that mindset. And that's a similar thing to Joshua here. But we've all heard a phrase like this before. 90% of the battle is in your head. If you go into something believing that you will succeed, your chances of success are much higher. But if you go in with a defeated mindset, you will fail. If you want to have success in life, you must first have a successful mindset. This phrase, be strong and of a good courage, would continue to be used throughout the Bible. Uh, Joshua would then later say this to the Israelites before going into battle. The Israelites would even say this to Joshua when he needed courage. David would later say this to Solomon when he was passing over rule. And even if you go into the New Testament, you can see Paul using phrases like this when addressing the church. This phrase is a, almost a war cry for us as Christians. It's not saying that we are going to be successful all the time, but it's saying that we need to go into battle with the world with that successful mindset, that we are going to win hearts and minds over to Jesus. We need to go into things believing that we will succeed. Then it says, For unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance of the land. Now, this is where God is giving Joshua a mission. Go and take the promised land. Notice it says thou there. Thou means you. So God is telling Joshua, you go take the promised land. I'm going to be with you when you do it, but you're going to do it. You're going to have to put in the work. This is very significant because back in Numbers, this is 40 years before, Joshua was one of the spies that went into the promised land. And he saw the giants that were there. So he was well aware of the gravity of the task that he was being given. He knew what he was faced with. And he was willing to go then, just as he is willing to go now. But obviously he needs a little bit of a pep talk there. He needs a little bit of courage. It's a scary thing that he was going to be going to do. Then it says, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
is talking about the land here. This is both a reminder and a warning to Joshua. Don't make the same mistakes of the past. See, in Numbers, when the Israelites were first told to go into the promised land, they didn't do it. They didn't do what God told them to do, and they lost out on that opportunity. You see, afterwards, they decided that, okay, God, we'll go in. When, but Moses was saying, no, God's not with you now. So they lost out on that opportunity. It passed on to the next generation. I want to go ahead and read Numbers 14, verses 3 through 4. And this is just Israel responding to that command to go into the promised land. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. You see, this previous generation rebelled against God. They rejected God's promise for them. And so God closed that door at that time. You see, with these words of encouragement that God is giving to Joshua, God gives him a mission to go and do this, to go and take the promised land. Don't make the same mistakes of the past. Don't act in fear. Previously, the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. Do you know what Egypt is a representation of in the Bible? It's a representation of sin. You see, the Israelites, they would have rather gone back into their old sinful life than to face their future and what God has promised, with, promised them. You see, when we're saved, we need to be courageous and charge towards the things that God promises us, lest we fall back in our, into our old sin. You see, we have to be ever charging forward. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. There is no just staying still. Staying in action is always an action. The second time God gives encouragement to Joshua, he instructs Joshua on how he is to be strong and courageous. And what's interesting here is it's the next two verses, and God says it twice in two different ways. He repeats the same thing, but just in a slightly different way, so as to say, just in case you didn't get me the first time, let me spell it out for you. So in verses 7 and 8, verse 8, he's spelling out the first verse. It's like, I just want it to be clear. <laughs> I'm going to read it for you again. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And then the second time, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So what do you think the message is there? Study God's word. 
He says it twice. He's trying to make this abundantly clear. God is telling him to go into what at the moment was hostile territory. Yes, it's the promised land, but hostile people are occupying it. He's telling him to go in and take it. Just like our world today, that place was absolutely immersed in sin. And Israel was to be God's judgment upon them. Turn to Genesis chapter 9. I just want to point out something here. Remember that Moses wrote all of the, all of the previous books before Joshua. So Moses wrote these, wrote these books while, likely while they were wandering in the wilderness. So the audience for these books, the direct audience, is the Israelites. So when you read Genesis chapter 9, it makes perfect sense with that context there. Genesis chapter 9, and this is um, when Noah, this is after the flood, Noah plants a vineyard passes out in his tent, and one of his sons sees him in his nakedness. But I want you to notice in verses 24 through 27, Noah curses that son. Verse 24, And Noah awoke from his wine, and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Notice that God didn't say, Cursed be Ham. It, Noah said, Cursed be Canaan. Well, how would Noah at that time know of Canaan? See, he's talking about, he said, cursed be your descendants. But Moses wants to point out that the people that are currently occupying the promised land are the people that God cursed. And so he's saying, Israelites, don't feel bad about what you're going to do. You need to go in there and take it. Because this stuff all along was planned. So I just say that to point out that the land's current occupants were evil people and Joshua was going into hostile territories. So what he needed to do was keep his nose in the word. You see, you notice God, when God is clarifying to Joshua, he says, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Meaning, don't say anything else. This should always be coming from your lips. The scripture should be always coming from your lips. Turn not from it to the right hand to the left. You know what that means? That means I'm not looking either way. I'm staying focused right here on the task that's in front of me. And I'm using God's word to do that. That is an example for us today when we're dealing with things. We need to keep our noses buried in the word. Then it says... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Now, I don't believe in prosperity gospel. So, what it's saying here, notice it says thou again. 
you shall make your way prosperous. God isn't going to do all of this for them. He's giving them instructions on how to be prosperous, on how to be successful. God wasn't going to take the promised land for Joshua. He was going to be with them through it, and he gave, them, gave him instructions on how to do it. For us today, we don't have, we don't, God doesn't tell us that if we abide by his word, he's going to make our lives perfect. But what he does tell us is that if we abide by his word, that is a recipe for success in your life. Do you get the difference there? Instructions versus promises. Now, we do have promises from God, but having a, a nice, cushy life is not one of them. A lot of people now will say, yeah, but that's the Old Testament. You know, we're not under the law, so why do we need to pay attention to that? Well, while it's true that we're not under the law, but the moral truths that the law teaches are still relevant to us today. Also remember that Joshua had only the law of Moses to go by. That's only the first five books of the Bible. That's only this much. We have all of it. So when we read this, we should be thinking, we need to keep the whole Bible in our minds. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to shew thyself approved. Sorry, I, I blanked out. Study to shew thyself approved. Uh, workman that needeth... No, I messed up. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you think you have something memorized and then you get up in front of people after not being in front of people for a while and you lose it. Second Timothy 2.15 Study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that's in the New Testament. It's telling us to study. Psalm 119, uh, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Another verse, but that's in the Old Testament. But... It's still a message to us today. There are examples of both the Old and the New Testament of God telling us to study his word. It's not an option not to. If we're to follow Joshua's example in that, we're supposed to be out in the world, amongst people, but we're not supposed to be of the world. We hear this all the time, but how often do we actually abide by it? Joshua is told to be strong and very courageous and hold to the ways of God, even when he is faced with those who would have him turn from it. And he is to do so through continual study of God's word. 
We're in the same boat today. And the only way we can face the world and the things that scare us and a world that wants us to fail. Do you realize that? This world wants us to fail. The only way that we can face that is by keeping our noses buried in the Bible. The last statement in this, in this passage, God, the last statement that God makes says this. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither that be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God gives Joshua encouragement again. Be strong and of a good courage. But now he tells him that this was a command all along. He says, Joshua, I wasn't just giving you a pep talk. I am commanding you to be courageous. And he tells him, he adds to it, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Meaning, don't be saddened by what you have to do. Don't be scared. All of these are commands from God. God does not tell us to be afraid of the world. We need to have strength and courage because God is the one in charge. Here, God tells Joshua what the source of his courage will be, what the source of his strength will be. The source of his strength and his courage is the knowledge that God is with him through it all. Yeah, it's going to be a long, hard road conquering the promised land, but God's with him. Not just that, but the source of his strength and his courage is God himself. Not just that God is with him, but the source comes from God. See, Joshua can rest knowing that God is more powerful than any challenge that he will face. See, he's going to have to do, he's going to have to get his hands dirty. Joshua's going to have to get his hands dirty. But God's got the power. God's backing him up. If God wants the Israelites to have the promised land, then by God, the Israelites are going to get the promised land. Now, I was not using the Lord's name in vain there because it's literally through God's power that they were going to take it. You know what's awesome about this? This all totally applies to us today. Romans 8.31 says, what shall, we say, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? You know, it's talking about Jesus there. Jesus, who came and died for all of our sins, was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Do you know what they called him? Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. Because what Jesus did for us, even by being born, taking on flesh, getting dirty, 
Jesus had to walk in the dirt. Can you imagine that, being God and having to get dirty? And dying on the cross for us. That means that God is with us forever. We can have strength and courage because God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? It's kind of scary the things happening in the world right now. We see all this coronavirus stuff. We only just recently started going back to church. But this is encouraging that people are going back to church. Do you know that was actually a worry? That people would just decide to stay home? But people are coming back. And that's an awesome thing. Even wearing masks or doing the social distancing stuff, we're all back in church. That's courage. Do you know what true courage is in the world today? It's not just taking whatever life throws at you. That's fortitude. That's taking what's coming at you. That's not courage. Courage is charging towards the things that scare you. Courage is the soldier charging into battle. It's the police officer who every day has to put on a bulletproof vest when they go to work. It's the firefighter going into a burning building. It's the nurses right now who are working in the hospitals, putting themselves at risk to heal other people. So what does courage look like for us as Christians? Well, courage for us is living a godly lifestyle in today's world, in a world that wants us to fail. It is going door knocking, even though you may be rejected. It's sharing God in the workplace, even though it might cost some relationships. It's using the tools that the world wants us to use for sin to use them to spread the gospel. You see, we all have access to Facebook, just like the people of the world have access to Facebook. So we can post things about our lives and what God is doing for us daily. There are many ways that we can interact with the world and spread the gospel. Courage is fulfilling the Great Commission, the mission that Jesus gave us. Joshua was given a mission to go and take the promised land. Well, we are also given a mission to go out in the world and create disciples. Turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. And this is, these verses a lot of us know so well. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You see, we are given a mission here, just like Joshua was given a mission. What's awesome is we're also given a promise here, just like 
Joshua. Jesus says that he will be with us always. That's a promise. So if we're given a mission and a promise just like, just like Joshua, then what do we need to do just like Joshua? We need to be strong and courageous as we go out and fulfill this mission. I'd like to invite the song leader up for a song of invita invitation. But if you don't know Jesus today, I'm sad to say it, but you don't have a reason to have courage yet. You don't yet, you're not yet connected to that source of courage. But it's here and it's open for you. All you have to do is ask for it. Ask Jesus in your heart. Repent of your sins and follow him today. Then you will have courage. Thank you.